What's up, friends and family? We are back, back again. Hey, and I'm by myself, all by myself. How can I be? Come on, any Celine Dion fans out there? And I am by myself. My wife, she was like, I don't want to be on this podcast with you anymore. You're too brilliant. You're too funny. You're too clever. And it's just too much for me, that's not true. Actually, let me just say that. Do you know what this is? This is a coffee filter, and you put this into a coffee maker, and then you you put coffee grounds in here, and then if you have like a, a drip machine, then at a certain pre-designated time, the hot water drips on and it drips through here, and it keeps the coffee grounds from getting into your carafe. So when you're drinking your coffee in the morning, there's no grounds in it. And this is a filter, and <laughs> this is what Megan does when she's here. And she gone. So the filter's off. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen. What I do know is it's going to be entertaining. We may not accomplish things. We might not even say good things. I don't I don't know. We might need to redact this podcast because Megan's not here to grab my leg and be like, hey, settle down. Stop making jokes. Don't say that. We're just going to go. So here's how we're going to start today. What does Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and you have in common? Yeah, that's how we're starting today. What does Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and you have in common? Stick around. I'm telling you, this is going to be worth it. This is our fifth podcast on MC Unpacked. You don't want to miss it. So here's what we're doing. Uh, we're taking this podcast to generate content, to supplement sermon series that we're in. And, and really, it's for people who call the Movement Church home. So if you're here and you're tuning in, you're like, I, I, the Movement Church is not my home. Then, hey, we're glad you're here. We're, we're practically family. And if you are a part of the Movement Church, man, we are so stoked. My name is Carrie Robinson. I am the lead pastor along with my wife, Megan Robinson, and we pastor the Movement Church in the beautiful, effervescent, amazing Southern California in Orange County. And uh, we absolutely love it here. Everyone's leaving. The great Texodus and Tennesseeus and Utahitus and Idahoitus. Everyone's leaving, but we're still here because we love this state and we love what God is up to. And uh, this podcast is for you. So, uh, you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, we were talking about uh, the sermons we're preaching and unpacking in our, our church at the Movement Church. But today, we're going to take a, a different direction. We're going a new route. Everybody say something new. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody. Shake, shake four people. Give them a, a fist bump and a high five and say something new because our God is a good God. Anyways, I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. I kind of wish Megan was here now. But <laughs> we're going a different direction. In fact, uh, a few years ago, I started writing what we call the Movement Manifesto. And this really is uh, just a few pages of content that unpack our heart. Because I thought, you know, if people show up at our church or they're cruising through online to see who we are, how do you know? Like, you might hear some great worship music or hear a sermon, but how do you know? How do you know what it is and who it is that we are? So I wrote the Movement Manifesto to help you understand who we are. Whether you're searching for a church or trying to figure things out, and uh, in this manifesto, I, I kind of wrote this, this long statement about our heartbeat. And then I wrote a few other paragraphs that kind of go along with it. And over the next few episodes, probably about six or seven to be specific, we're going to unpack this. But let me read for you our movement manifesto. And this, this sums up who the movement church is. 
The front door is always open to anyone and everyone. No matter your story, your past, your orientation, or political persuasion, from the down and out to the up and coming, from the affluent to the empty-handed, burnt out on religion, not sure what you believe, in love with Jesus, or just getting started, the movement church is the community that you're looking for. We try to keep things simple. We're all just a little jacked up. Somebody say amen to being a little jacked up. Do you hear the blower? Why is it that every time we start to record, our landscapers show up? Holy Jiminy Christmas. We're all just a little jacked up, but we don't have to stay that way. Our message is Jesus. We all need his grace. The Bible is our truth. It sets the standard, not us. Sometimes it hurts, but it always brings freedom. Our mission is everyone far from him. Connecting people to Jesus, leading people to mission. We believe at our core that this is God's heart for each of us, and he built a living entity called the church to do just that. The church isn't a building, it's people. Jacked up, imperfect, messy people, which means that imperfect and messy things can happen in church, but that's okay. Because people also have the capacity to love, inspire, heal, forgive, and bring hope. We decided a long time ago to quit making perfection the goal. Somebody say amen right now. Have compassion for humanity be committed to spiritual growth, have fun, and fall more in love with Jesus every day. That is our movement manifesto, and that is my landscaper blowing leaves off of a concrete driveway right now. And over the next seven weeks, we want to unpack the next layer of that manifesto, which we refer to as a paradox of terms. So we, you can find this on our website at theocmovement.com, theocmovement.com, and this really unpacks who we are as a church. And I wrote a paradox of terms because that just really is the truth. As you and I both know, truth lies within the tension. And so today I want to talk about one of our paradox of terms. And the statement goes like this. We are 100% radical grace and 100% personal ownership, meaning God's grace is sufficient. Nothing else is needed. It covers every sin. Salvation is for everyone and it is free. A true response to grace, however, will always be transformation. When we we take personal ownership for our thoughts and actions, the kicker is, People can't force change, but God created us with an intrinsic need for people in order to change. So we take personal ownership for our own issues, lean on each other for strength, and extend radical grace to the people who need it most. That is a paradox of terms. We receive grace that is sufficient for us, And we also believe you should take ownership for your own life. What does that mean? I'm so glad that you asked. Shake somebody next to you, say, hey, stick around for the next few moments. This podcast will be worth it. God's grace 
is absolutely beautiful. It is beyond comprehension. Grace is unmerited favor. And you and I don't understand unmerited favor because everything that we do in life is based on merit, based upon what we do, what we accomplish. But God's grace for you and for me is not based upon anything that you or I can ever actually do. In fact, Ephesians 2 tells us just that. But let me take a short commercial break. I need to take a sip of my beverage. And I'm just remembering that a good friend of mine, Jessica Parham, DM'd me on Instagram asking about my beverage and my thermos, and I never answered Jessica. I'm so sorry. I love you, but I'm enjoying my ice cold water in my coffee tumbler. Somebody say amen. In fact, let me ask you this question. Just let me ask you this question. Here's, here's the question I have. What music are you listening to right now? Please let me know. Would you DM me, Carrie Robinson OC on Instagram? I don't know what my TikTok handle is. If you're on Facebook, you're probably listening to like uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, maybe the Bee Gees. It's, it's not important. What are you currently listening to? Let me let me give you my current list of music that I am consuming. Number one, are you ready for it? Whitney Houston? Oh, I wanna dance with somebody. Oh, I wanna hit with somebody. Number two, Mariah Stinkin' Carrie. Are you kidding me? When you walk by every night. Talking sweet and looking fine. Like literally, I can't, I, th those are, I'm consuming. You know what else I'm consuming? Lizzo. Yes, yes sir, yes man. Why men great till they gotta be great. I'm also consuming Eminem right now. Just going back old school. It's what I'm doing. I'm also currently consuming Coldplay and YouTube. What are you listening to right now? Please let me know, DM me, let me know. It, it matters. You, you might not think it matters, it matters to me. Let's get back. God's grace is absolutely beautiful. I told you the filter's gone. Megan's not here. Anything can happen. But let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6 and 8 through 9. Check this out. The scripture says this, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Look at verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. It is a gift from God. Verse 9 says, salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. You know what that says? We were dead in our sin, in the midst of the muck and the mire, in the nastiness of our life, in the grossest moments of your life. When, when you're thinking the most ratchet, disgusting thoughts, in, in, in the moments where you ha made the most disgusting, deplorable, despicable decisions, you were dead in your sin. God gave you life in Christ. So what does Hitler, Osama bin Laden, and you have in common? We all have sin, and we all need a Savior. You, it's unavoidable. It doesn't even matter what you believe. That is what unites us. Now, you may not be 
a, a human like Hitler or Osama. You, you may not have contributed to a genocide of epic proportion or, or caused terrorism uh, on a level never before seen. But one thing we have in common is all of us have sin. And there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. But God loved us so much that he gave it to every human as a free gift of his grace. How beautiful. How magnificent. How, like, astounding that every single human to ever live to ever walk the planet, no matter how disgusting they are, God's grace covers a multitude of sin. He says, I see you as beautiful. I see you as worthy of my love. And he extends the grace of salvation through his son, Jesus. I love how the scripture says he raised Listen, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. The significance of what Jesus did on the cross is only significant because he was raised from the dead. And the fact that God raised him from the dead is a symbol of God raising us from death in our sin. And we can't earn it. We can't lose it. That's the beauty of God's grace. It's magnificent. It's majestic. It is mind-blowing, and it should be. So believe in Jesus. And then just be who you want to be. Like, he loves you as you are. Do what you want to do. Live your truth. <laughs> but that's silly. And that's not God's heart for us. And you don't even believe that. Like, listener, my, my friend who is still singing the Mariah Carey tune and, and the Whitney Houston tune, and you don't even believe that. I mean, if you're someone who's alive today and you're currently driving, you, you got your driver's license, but the moment you got your driver's license, you now have permission to drive by the state of California, the state of Texas, or whatever state that you live in, hopefully not New Mexico. Regardless, you, you have permission to drive, but that doesn't mean you don't have to adhere to speed limits. It doesn't mean you don't have to adhere to traffic lights or school zones, or guardrails on bridges. I mean, can you imagine if, no, no, I have my driver's license, I'm allowed to drive, but I don't need to worry about stoplights, whether it's red, green, or yellow. I'll decide my truth. It might say it's red, but I'm going to choose that it's green and just peruse through this intersection. All right, I got my driver's license. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to cruise at 100 miles an hour over a frozen bridge and I don't need guardrails because I've got my driver's license. It doesn't make sense. And you, you wouldn't even suggest it. And yet, you and I have a creator who created us. And there was a separation in our relationship with him. And then he saved us from an eternity in hell through the work that his son willingly did on the cross. So we have to believe that he has a better way for us to live. We, we've got to believe that, right? If we believe that, that Jesus is who he says he is, if we believe that, 
that God loves me so much that his grace is sufficient. If we believe that God saved me from an eternity in hell, then I have to also simultaneously believe that God has a better way for me to live. And so if you're here and you've experienced the life-changing, beautiful grace of God, then can I just suggest that transformation, personal transformation, should be our response. Not perfection. That, that's never even required in scriptures. Not perfection, but change. And you and I cannot blame people for our decisions that have taken me to a place of destruction or frustration or discouragement or shame or insecurity, I have to take ownership for my decisions. And so do you. No one else is to blame. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. It does not matter your heritage. It doesn't matter if you were raised in a home with a single mom or a single dad or with two parents who loved each other. We have a responsibility to take ownership for our decisions. I don't know if you know this, but there is actually an apologies test. I know it sounds crazy. There's tests for everything, right? My daughter's always telling me about the BuzzFeed test, about which house at Hogwarts are you supposed to be? Was it Slytherin or uh, Gryffindor or Ravenclaw or Nerdington? Or I don't, I don't know all the houses, but there's always different tests. But there's an apologies test, and and what it does is it helps you identify how you receive apologies the best. I know it's crazy, but but there are different types and different forms of apologies. There's actually five different ways to apologize. Let, let's say that I, I, I do something to offend you, or I, uh, I fail to meet your expectations in something, or I fail to show up for you when I said I would show up. There's five different types of apologies. You can just Google this, and you can take a test to figure out you know which one is you, and which fits you best. But but one of the first ways to apologize is by expressing regret. And this is this idea of, I am sorrowful for what I have done. I hate that the choices that I made impacted you in the way that they did. Another form of an apology is making restitution. In other words, you know what? I jacked up. I messed up. I'm going to fix this. Hey, you know, you get a knock on the door and, and your neighbor's like, hey, I, your car was parked on the street and I unintentionally backed into it. I'm so sorry. I'm writing you a check for whatever it costs to fix this car right now. Tomorrow, I've got a tow truck coming. That's making restitution. So some people want you to express regret, to be completely sorrowful. Others want you to make like make restitution, fix it. like Fix the freaking problem. And then some people just want you to genuinely repent. Not just be sorrowful, but I'm changing. I, I messed up, I missed it, and here are the steps I'm taking to change. And the fourth way to apologize is requesting forgiveness. Like, would you please forgive me? I'm so sorry. I'm so, I, would you forgive me for failing to meet your expectations, for failing to show up? But the fifth way, this is the way that I appreciate being apologized to, and I think it's probably the most beneficial, it's accepting responsibility or taking ownership. 
It's saying, you know, I messed up and that's on me. It's my fault. I missed the mark and I see that. So for me, I don't care if you ask for forgiveness or fix it. I'll fix it on my own. I just want you to take ownership. And I believe that that's God's heart for you and for me. He's extended radical grace to you and to me, but he wants us to take ownership for our lives, ownership for our choices, ownership for our decisions, ownership for the consequences of our lives, which means, listen, that the choices you and I make, they have a destination. Every choice that you and I make in life, I don't know what I'm doing right here. I feel like singing like a stick song, Domo Erogato, Mr. Roboto. Or maybe I'm sailing away to an I've got to be free. Freedom that's ahead of me on board. I'm the captain, so climb aboard. I mean, if you know who that is, if you know who Sticks are, if you know that band, then kudos to you. Send me a DM, and I'll tell you, congratulations. You're awesome. Back to what I was saying. I've got another tune rolling around in my head. It's like an 80s tune. I think it's Tears for Fears. That can give me no, that can give me no, that can give me no soul. I'm so in love with you. So baby, please give a little respect to me. I changed keys a couple times, but that's okay. Let's move on. We have to take ownership for our life choices. Our choices either lead to flourishing or they lead to destruction. Every decision that you and I make, they're either pursuing God's plan for our life or our plan for our life. They're either pursuing life or they're pursuing death. In fact, Proverbs 14 says this, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, its way is death. We have to believe that if God created us, if God loves us, if God sent a savior to give us the free gift of salvation, then we also have to believe that God has a plan for our life. We can't choose to believe one aspect of who God is, but not take all aspects. So how have your plans been working out for you? How have your plans and your choices been working out for you? Can I just tell you the true path to fulfillment and this is what all humanity wants. They want to feel fulfilled as if what they are called and created to do, they're actually accomplishing on this earth. How has your plans been working out for you? The true path to fulfillment is a path of transformation. Transformation meaning that God loves me just as I am, but he loves me too much to stay this way. In other words, I've got to grow. This past week, my wife was preaching a profound message, and she talked about our daughter, and how, who is a senior in high school, about to go off to college at Pepperdine University. Y'all pray for me. Come on, somebody. And uh, 
when she was a kid, she loved baby food. And we got the jarred baby food. We weren't like cool hippie Christians who, you know, made their own baby food and they paraded in their ninja with bananas and grand bounds and now glotown. Uh, no, we just bought Gerber bottles of baby food. It's probably jacked full of pesticides and all kinds of, probably had COVID in it back 18 years ago. But our daughter's alive. She's doing great. She loves Jesus. She's in the church. She's uh, about to graduate 4.2 uh, GPA. So apparently something worked okay. But imagine if we allowed her to stay in that phase of sitting in a high chair, putting a bib on, and feeding her. No. Good girl. Imagine if we were still doing that for her as an 18 freaking year old and we had to drive up to Pepperdine for every meal and sit her in her little high chair and pot a little pep on her and, and feed our 18 year old child. First of all, something's wrong. Second of all, we didn't do our job. We didn't love her enough to force her to change. And I'm just telling you, I, I don't know your scenario. I don't know your situation. I don't know your story. I know that God loves you enough as you are that he gave his only begotten son that if you'll simply believe, you'll have everlasting life. But he loves you far too much to let you stay that way. Transformation must be our response. Transformation is simply saying, God, who do you want me to become? Who are you? Who have you created me to be? And I'm telling you, he will help you see it. But can I suggest something to you? You're not strong enough to go it on your own. None of us are. In fact, he instituted a plan. In addition to giving us salvation through his son, Jesus, he gave us the church, which is a community of people, jacked up, messy, imperfect people that we need. And we lean on each other and we encourage each other and we say, hey, I got your back. When you're struggling, when you're down, when you want to mess up, when you want to go your own way, go your own way. When you want to go your own way, man, I got you. Come on, let's stay to the path. The Bible says wide is the way and broad is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow is the path and small is the gate that leads to life. Why? Because it's challenging, but it's worth it. And if it's worth it, let me work it. And I just want to challenge you. You want to live a life of transformation, one step at a time, day by day, and you can't do it alone. You need God's people. We go to God for forgiveness, but we go to God's people for freedom. So we believe in 100% radical grace and 100% personal ownership. And man, I'm telling you, that's God's heart for you. So we love you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of MC Unpacked. MC Unpacked! Do me a favor, subscribe in whatever platform you are listening. Hit the little bell if you're on YouTube so you get an update of when we release another one. Stay tuned. In fact, right now, 
text a friend. Be like, hey, oh my gosh, you need to let your friends know. Let your people know this is worth listening to. Stay tuned. In the upcoming podcast, I'm telling you, you do not want to miss it. We are going to talk about how to, what the Christian response to alcohol should be. We're going to talk about how to make sure and maintain a healthy body and soul. We're going to talk about whether or not you can lose your salvation or not. We're going to talk about women in ministry. We're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. Are we a secessionist or are we continuationist? We're going to talk about whether or not you were created for a purpose. You don't want to miss the next few episodes. They're going to be amazing. We love you. We'll see you soon. If you are not in Orange County, let us help you find a great church to get plugged into. If you are here in Southern California in the most beautiful area of South Orange County, come and check us out at the Movement Church. You can find us on the World Wide Web, the internet at theocmovement.com. If you have any questions, let us know. DM me. I'd love to help out. We'll talk to you soon.